You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everybody? Arjo Ochoa here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Welcome to our episode two of Hard Knocks live discussion live stream here on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel. Make sure you do subscribe so you don't miss anything that we do. We have a lovely panel joining us this evening. Uh, if you're going in clockwise order next to me, is Roy White on Twitter at rdub3. You can hear him on Thursdays every week on the Blog of the Boys podcast network on Riled Up with his co-host, who is underneath him in our Brady Bunch style format, Tom Ryle on Twitter at TomRyleBTB, who just got here after writing the recap post on bloggingtheboys.com for uh, this episode of Hard Knocks. And here down at about 7 o'clock, Meg Murray from Girls Talking Boys. You can hear, obviously, every Friday on the Blog of the Boys podcast network on Twitter at Meg Murray, that is four R's. Episode two in the books. Tom, you are the new person here to our live streams to discuss. What was your biggest takeaway, the biggest thing? I mean, make it good. This We're kicking the show off strong here. What do you got? Hey, let's face it. Ezekiel Elliott is the star of this edition of Hard Knocks. Even though he's not playing in the game, they just keep going back to him because he's so hilarious. I mean, they, they had the, the baby powder thing, but they left out the clouds of baby powder comment, which really, really disappointed me. But, you know, him, the sunflower seeds, you know, the dancing, he's just, he's such a, a, a colorful personality. And they just weave him in and out of the serious and not so serious stuff. So it's clear that he, he is just the darling of those cameras. Uh, there was a Twitter clip floating around today to Tom's point. Uh, Jay Manzari, 11 or one, excuse me, agrees with you. Tom says Zeke's a comedian. Zeke said uh, that when he um, when he expelled, uh, you would be able to see a white cloud because of the uh, the baby powder that was in there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll, you know, I think that's the most politically correct way I can say that. Meg, what was your big takeaway uh, from the Azura Kamara episode? Yeah, I I loved that we got to highlight him. Um, we. Like we got to see a lot of um, guys to focus on that could be making the 53. Um, you know, th this was also a Ben DiNucci episode, if you will. That's true. Uh, it was. Um, I felt bad for him when Hard Knocks kind of painted it out. Like there's no better way to make a 53 man roster than to go lead a game winning drive because we all knew that he wouldn't Roy. Um, this was the, I, this was the kind of the most traditional Hard Knocksy episode that we've gotten so yeah. far. I mean, there's only been two, uh, but what was your big takeaway? We got to see uh, maybe the most polar opposite coaches in the NFL, Mike McCarthy and Cliff Kingsbury share a moment. Yeah. I think what you just said, it was my biggest takeaway. Like they make this show for a national audience. So those of you that are turning in that are diehard Cowboys fans and like they're going to paint players that you know are not making the roster as guys who actually might. And Ben DiNucci is definitely one of those guys. Like no amount of slow motion sidearm Uncle Rico throws <laughs> can convince me that he's going to be on this roster when the team gets to 53 men. And yet in slow motion, it almost looks pretty. 
Um, except for the mechanics, those never look good. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and when all your best plays in like the training camp highlights are of you running the ball, and you're not known for your speed, that's probably like a bad sign. But in the in his defense, right, he did have a major victory in this one, and in doing so, made the rookie look bad again. If Michael oh. Parsons is going to come in and talk trash to Amari Cooper about chess and then lose to Ben DiNucci, like, I don't want to hear you yapping anymore about chess going forward. Go work okay. on your game, young man. Get in the gym um, and work on your game. Yeah, he couldn't, even, he couldn't even beat the backups in chess, you know? Um, <laughs> let's kind of go back because the chess thing was one of the very first, you know, kind of sequences we got um, in this particular episode. Meg, we talked about it last week, how there was no Amari Michael, uh, Michael Parsons. Uh, I almost said Amari Michael Gallup chess game, but uh, we got to see it. It looked like a custom board. I thought I saw Micah's name like engraved or inscribed on the bottom. So that's another thing like to lose on your home court like that. Like, you know, <laughs> M- Micah, like, traveled with this board all the way out to Oxnard just to get handed the L by Ben DiNucci of all people. Uh, but we finally got it. The rookies gambit, as you have dubbed it, Meg, uh, this was again, tr- trying to keep it as chronological as possible. I, I, if you had asked me to guess the person that Michael would have been playing chess against, that wasn't Amari Cooper. I think Ben DiNucci would have been my last possible guess. So I have to say that I am a stalker of all their social medias. So I did see um, them chirping at each other um, about playing together and that I knew Ben won. Um, and then I did ask, I was like, hey, so did they film that? Like, are we actually going to get some chess in here? So I, it was confirmed. I was like, I know I'm going to see a Ben versus Micah thing. Um, and I knew Ben was going to win. However, now Micah's out here in these streets on Twitter um, calling for a rematch. So... <laughs> I yeah, mean, I uh, think Holmes is the one that uh, tweeted it. So I was like, maybe we get some like more little action throughout the season. Was anybody a little impressed by Danucci's trash talking throughout that entire contest? <laughs> Dude, see, I was like surprised because he looks so uncomfortable on an NFL field, right? You know what I mean? Like, and so to see him in in a in an environment that he feels like comfortable in and like that even has any high level of authority was really jarring to me. I, I tweeted during the game or during the episode, like if this dude played football, the way he, you know, kind of his disposition, you know, sort of resembles in, in chess. I mean, like, let's go, you know, like where's that Ben DiNucci in the fourth quarter against the Arizona Cardinals. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you all agree. No, everybody just nodded. Yes. Okay. Great. <laughs> um, it seems that he feels better behind a chessboard instead of a keyboard, like some people. So that's true. Uh, Tom, I want to go to you now. Uh, moving past the chess scene, uh, we had a question from Vance. Let's see here. Vance says, missed the episode. By the way, Vance also had a comment, said, loved my shirts. Vance said he's a big man United supporter. Uh, so appreciate the comment, Vance. But to miss the episode was painting the field. I coach high school football. Way to go. Uh, did they have the Connor or Connor Williams mic'd up for the Aaron Donald fight? Tom, I'm going to be honest. Look, this there was a lot of great NFL filmsness in this episode. I was super bummed that we didn't get the Connor Aaron Donald one on one. In fact, I feel like they painted Connor out badly, just showing him yeah. kind of taking Aaron Donald down. 
Yeah, it, they didn't get the cameras on them apparently in time. And yeah, it was a major disappointment that they didn't show more of what happened because I was looking forward to seeing that. And then all we get is the takedown at the ends. And like you said, it wasn't the best look for uh, Williams in that thing. I, I wish they had done you know a little bit better because they do so much, such a good job at catching so many things uh, at hard knocks. But yeah, that was one miss and was a, a little bit disappointing. Roy, they um, also kind of painted Tony Pollard out to look like the villain in his fight. You know what I mean? Like it, it looked, it looked very pro Rams. And Hard Knocks loves actually NFL Films loves the Rams. They did um, the Rams last year. They did them five years ago in 2016. They also did the Rams on All or Nothing. So there's a lot of good relationships there. Maybe they don't want to, you know, like pee into the wind, so to speak. I mean, I just think it was a case of them not being at the right place at the right time. And the filmmakers, you know, once they see a commotion, right, they're snapping to attention. They're drawing their cameras to it, but they're only they're like the referee, right? They're only catching the second man's actions. Mm, they're not getting point. the guy who who did the action first. So I think, yeah, that was a little disappointing. I was impressed by, you know, the editing that they used because I think David Hellman of DallasCowboys.com kind of tweeted out about how the fights that they showed were almost the opposite chronological order of how they took place when we were all following them at camp, but it made for good television. And, you know, to say that Connor Williams like looked bad in that, I don't think he really looked bad. And the reason I don't think he looked bad is because Dak Prescott was hyping him up right after the fact and saying, yes, continue to do that. Stay in his area. And, uh, you know, his powder place, stay in his powder place and don't let up. And to me, that was probably something that Cowboys fans saw. At least I saw it. I'm like, yeah, you know what, Connor? Like, keep doing that to Aaron Donald. Because if he'll do it to Aaron Donald, then you can be able to do it to anybody, right? If, right. If you, if you had that dog against you, in you against Aaron Donald, then you had that dog in you against anybody. Right, that's well said. Meg, the Rams sequence kind of got off on a left foot with Terrell Basham's injury. Like it kind of, I don't know, like we got we saw all the shots of the Rams walking in and it was really cool. And then it's like they bring us down with this injury. And I understand like the sequence of things and whatnot, but that was a little bit of a bummer, if I'm being honest. That was a super bummer. Um, I mean, they set us up, you know, at the beginning of this episode to like really be rooting for this character. Obviously. I'm talking about this from a like casual watcher's perspective. Yeah, like a like a TV viewer's perspective. Like right. a show. Right, sure. Yeah. They're like, yes, this character, let's let's go bash him. Like he's funny. He uh, has a funny like accent. And then um he just gets knocked down right away. And then he's out the rest of the entire episode. You're like, why did you tease me this way? Mm -hmm. yeah. It was yeah. basically just a large tease. Yeah. Um, that's true. You mentioned accents, Meg. Tom, can you give us your best English accent? No, <laughs> I do not have an English accent. Roy, I can you? I need somebody to impersonate <laughs> Coach Dirty. Um, Roy, let's try. I mean, I think the word you just have to go with is massages. I want <laughs> a sensual massage. And, uh, you know, <laughs> guys, we got to get. make sure you get our water in, make sure we get our mas massages in. Right, make sure we keep our fitness up. Right, we've got to bring it to these guys. We're gonna take it to these boys, okay? We're not giving nothing to these guys, okay? No, listen to me, okay? We get out there, we give it our all, and, and that's what we do. We leave it on the pitch. We leave it on the pitch, okay? On three, one, two, three. Uh, well done, Roy. Right, seriously, I was blown away at 
you know, and NFL films, I don't, I mean, they have their headquarters in, um, in New Jersey, which are obviously amazing. And they have like every film of everything of all things, by the way, I bleed blue 365 says Roy's MVP tonight. So, uh, way I to go, just Roy. lucky I got uh, an accent in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, God for Hey, dare day. Like I'm still right. glad he got a, a pop in this one and he got a lot of pop in this episode. Dude, yeah, but think so, when was I, the last time, Tom, that we that his NFL Europe highlights were shown? That's what I was gonna say. Like, that's amazing that NFL <laughs> films can pull those. Yeah, that's the, it's so cool because it, you get to see a lot of times when you're especially cowboy tunnel vision, like we tend to get around blogging the boys. It was great to see going back and giving us some of the real backstory of these people and where they come from. The same way they, way they did with uh, Azur Kamara a little bit later, talking about his, where he came from. And, and you'd love to see that. I just want to say, after Roy's outstanding performance, I'm so glad I didn't even try. I knew it was going to be a failure, and it would have been embarrassing after that. Um, well, that's very humble of you, Tom. Meg, <laughs> I uh, a little while ago I mentioned P into the wind, but the line of the night probably came from Demarcus Lawrence when he was coaching up his fellow defensive linemen. And I, I'm going to butcher this, uh, but it was if he doesn't have a little P going down his leg, you aren't threatening <laughs> him enough. Um, that is I'm a classic tankism. I'm scared of him. I, I mean, yeah, like I I'm, I would be curious, like if there's like any factual to that you know what i mean like who's the who's the offensive tackle that's peed down his leg you know what i mean when demarcus Lawrence like, was he peeing down his leg because of d-law or was he peeing down his leg because like he hasn't gotten a bathroom break like yeah. i'm unsure however it was fun to see that juxtaposition of like d-law the dad versus d-law the i'm going to kill you football player yeah, I really thought we were going to get this like he's the new leader of the team uh, moment, Roy, when they showed the still of him with Tyrone Crawford. I thought that's where we were, maybe we we're going to see Tyrone at practice because he was there, too. You know, I thought that we were kind of going in that direction. But walking on the beach, you tweeted this, Roy. Uh, he is a I don't know exactly how you worded it, but a delightful man, a, a wonderful person. That, that was really well on display. Yeah, I mean, like family man, you know, look at yeah. him and all of his kids and how his wife talks about how he's really at peace and really focused when his family there is there when like typically traditionally, at least in the masculine like psyche of football players, you would think no distractions, right? Take your family away, take your kids away, right? Nothing but football. You live it, you eat it, you breathe it. And to know that a guy like him excels because he's given that you know, leeway to, to be allowed, you know, be around his family and all of them should be around their family. That's why it's so cool when the Cowboys do that, um, you know, inviting the kids, inviting the family out to the field and kind of entertaining them. Um, that was always one of the coolest moments to see. And I think people got to see that a little tonight, even though they didn't give us much of a description of it. You know, it's just kind of the visuals, but to see the kids out there, right? Zach Martin's kids running around, uh, you know, um, other players and the kids dragging their helmets and like lifting their pads. It's just really, really cute to see all that stuff kind of going on. And, it, you're, you know, I can't help but root for someone like that. As a guy with two kids, call me sappy, call me like easy to win over if you just give me a little child and like a helmet. But yeah, it's that easy for me.
Uh, so Jay Manzari one asks if the dog barking was mine. Um, so no. I'm glad to know that my reputation, um, precedes me. Uh, <laughs> but it was Tom's dog that was barking. Thank you. Uh, Jay Manzari uh, bear appreciates the attention, but Meg, we found out that CD lamb has two dogs that he misses. We also found out that he is a, a man of fine scent choices. Uh, I mean, you know, let's, let's, Let's talk about this. CD Lamb likes to chill and mellow out with some candles. He said, what, what did he say? When, where I'm around, it's never going to smell bad. It was something like that. I And I love that. Like, as a person who has three candles burning currently, um, I would dangerous. love to burn a CD candle in the future. Yeah, I think we need to see, Ooh. like, um, like I don't know. There's there's a, a T-shirt hey. idea somewhere in that. You know what if I mean? get clear eye view glasses like we can get cd candles yeah yeah he's got a great marketing setup right there doesn't he we gotta probably watch this tonight and was like yes that's true uh tom but we did get the cd montage finally we got the cd highlight package cd dominating uh we got actually michael irvin we saw jerry's desk again a mcgriddle-less desk uh, talking to Michael Irvin about CD, uh, about how he's put on weight, nice etc. Shakers, Meg. Yeah. <laughs> um, Did you see Meg's fancy sh- salt shakers no, what, that she got what? just for the show? You missed this. Wow. <laughs> That's Jerry life right there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, My parents yeah. wanted to contribute. They were like, we have those. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, this is this is great. Um, but um, Tom... You were out at training camp uh, when a lot of the CD highlights were happening. That's why Tom has the Hawaiian shirt on for anybody who's watching this live on the blog on the boys YouTube channel. Uh, we are podcasting this conversation. So, but Tom, you look incredible. Um, you, you look like you've had six Mai Tais uh, by now. But uh, I am Jacques asks, is CD better than Amari? Because we didn't get, I mean, granted, Amari was still on pup through, through all this filming, but I mean, the, the stage is being set. The talent is clearly there. The opportunity is seemingly going to be there. It does feel like we are, you know, Doc and Marty firing up to 88 miles an hour on CD taking over as the alpha here. Yeah. Well, you have to remember that part of this is that Amari just now has gotten back in pads. So there wasn't anything to show of him. Right. Uh, which somebody just asked. And and so, uh, yeah, the Rex, that's why we're not seeing Amari. There was nothing to cover with him. Now that he is expected to see the field when they take the face off against the Houston Texans. I think we're going to see a little bit more of that. And the whole thing is uh, CD better than Amari is, is to me a, a, a pointless question. You want them to both be so good that you can't really decide. And that's what I think we may be seeing. Uh, they're clearly setting up CD as the on-field star of this. And I do want to say that while they were showing a lot of uh, fun clips with uh, Ezekiel Elliott doing funny things, did you notice that he was really storming into the Rams line? Uh, He looked good in a couple of shots there. So, uh, you know, that's, that's what we forget is this, the, the whole series hard knocks is about drama and personality and humanizing these, these players but it doesn't always cover the real football stuff. And I think CD is real football stuff. He's just a tremendous talent. And I'm not going to worry about who's best. I just worry about, you know, who that they're, they're both out there having a really good game. 
Look at that, Tom. Right down the middle. You could run for office with that, you know, disposition right Beautiful. there. Um, Roy, you know, Tom, you know, makes a great point that this show, and that's what Meg kind of approached it through the lens of it is a show. You are targeting football, not even football fans. Like there's people who have HBO Max that uh, are done with, you know, like their 18th rewatch of Entourage and the new uh, what is it? White what is Lotus. the what what is the Kate Winslet show that's on? Um, oh, that's Mayor of Easttown. Yeah. This is the one that just had the um, season finale yesterday. So. Excuse me, uh, but so people that are, are browsing through their HBO Max are, are finding this and falling in love, and they're falling in love with Azur Kamara. Um, Kamara, it's always a difficult pronunciation. We've had that trouble with Alvin, you know, since the end of the NFL now four years ago. Um, he is and he is the first kind of fringe player that they've chosen to highlight so far this season. I think they picked a really good one hearing his story, his background, his path in the NFL, seeing his family. Um, I mean, if we're handing out like MVPs of the episode, I think he's in the run. Yeah, no, I mean, I, and I think you kind of, I mean, again, this goes back to them marketing it for a broad audience, right? We all know that Ben Danucci is not a fringe player, but the audience doesn't know that. And so similar for Kamara, um, quite honestly, you know, there's not a lot of room at his positional group for him to have a spot on this team either. But that doesn't take away from the fact that by the end of the episode, I was, in fact, cheering for him. And credit to the television show makers here, because when they started with him, even though his story, you know, I was interested in it, I didn't really care. I was kind of like in my mind's eye saying, okay. That's cool. Now get me to something that's more, you know, substantial, uh, more football from from Tom's perspective, if I can borrow that. And, you know, to be honest, as it went on. Right. And I don't think anybody watching could disagree with this. But as it went on, you're hoping every play that he made, every moment he was involved in was a big one. And gosh, like that loss. And that moment and that play getting taken away, when I watched that, I didn't think two seconds about that. I just, ah, it's preseason football. You mean when you watched it on on Friday night is what you're saying? Yes. When I watched the play, I didn't think two seconds of it. "Ah, That's football, you know, preseason football. I'm not going to think another thing of it. Watching it in this episode, that was a painful loss. That hurt really bad. Like for a preseason game, that that hurt. Um. Wow, mood lifter, Roy White, right there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, but the great part is, right, his family. Like his family was phenomenal. Yeah. You know, but all the families that have been highlighted in it have been great. Mm-hmm. Micah Parsons' mother was adorable, sitting. I don't know where she was sitting, but uh, enjoying herself and being as cheery as she could be. But yeah, I mean, the fact that you see these guys and what they come from, it's really a good reminder that everybody, every individual under a helmet with a number on their back like had a ride to get to this position, mm. right? And his is an, an incredible ride, an incredible story that I hope continues, whether it's with the Cowboys or not. Uh, Meg, do you feel like Azur is the main characters are Dak and Zeke and even McCarthy and Micah, but Azur is kind of like the Mike Hannigan that comes in late, you know, marries Phoebe, Mary, like associates himself with the main character, uh, and so is therefore part of the nucleus moving forward. Like, is that who he is? Wow, Mike Hannigan. Okay. Is that Paul um, Rudd's character? In- yeah. Is that who you referred to? I did not know his Friend- character's name. Hey, That's incredible. I'm- 
I'm trying to keep this on brand. Friends is on HBO Max. Like, hey, you know, we're trying yeah. to, to help the, the platform here. You know what I mean? Like, go rewatch it. He's introduced in season eight. You know what I mean? He's, uh, he's a nice guy. Yeah, I mean, um, you have to have, like, some – you have to have an underdog. You have to have someone to root for. And, I mean, this is it. Like, this is the, the perfect story. His family is lovable. The fact that they got so many, like, crowd shots of them and, like, like true vulnerable moments where they're just like, I'm smiling so hard just watching him play like that my face is going to hurt. And that just makes you like well up and like get all like warm and fuzzy and you want him to win. Yeah. I agree. Um, I do want to say, Tom, that to set you up that I think it worked out really well for television's sake that this game was in Arizona. The mm -hmm. director of Hard Knocks, Shannon Furman, who's going to join us on one of these post games soon enough. I hadn't even told any of you, so surprise. Uh, she's great. Uh, she's been on the Blog and the Voice podcast several different times over the years. Uh, she used to oversee All or Nothing. And so the first season of that show was the 2015 Arizona Cardinals. That was the team that was profiled. And so they learned all the best spots in that stadium to set up different camera angles and stuff. So to your point, Meg, that might be how they were able to so well position. You know, or I think you brought it up, Roy, like how to find certain fans in the stands or, or family members in the stands. Like that is a, a house that they know a little bit better than, than any other. Uh, Tom, so were you emotionally moved by anybody else? Uh, we do have a question from I am Jacques says, uh, what do we think of cake boy? I like going getting more shine post game i the great isaac uh definitely was he's he's kind of like um like ted from scrubs you know like he's hovering in the background somebody that everybody enjoys uh but not a main character quite yet yeah i was just gonna say that i think isaac because i can't pronounce the name at all correctly the way you do it's almost like they're foreshadowing him for another episode they uh he have you noticed he keeps popping he kept, he popped up like three times during this including the very touching moment at the end when he was talking to another international pathways player mm -hmm. about how they how they got here and how remarkable it was to even be there in a preseason game uh yeah it's like you know I want to stay tuned to see if something does come of that and see if they were foreshadowing that a little bit. I was wondering if, if Meg saw a little bit of potential there in that same thing. Oh, a hundred percent. Like that was, that was like the perfect moment. You got like his like goofy side and then you see him like fighting during, he's like, let's go getting like really excited during the game. And then you get to see like peel back a little bit, peel back a little more and see um, him like, express he's an international player and he's like a mentor to other players that's so cool to see um great point by you both uh this is a great point great question from friend of the show Idan cruz uh from brownsville texas who by the way i believe uh had a little league team um have success i don't know the qualifying stages they're at but i know brownsville uh was having some success in the little league baseball circuit today but um, the question here is, should we be worried about the cadence count? This was at the very beginning of the episode. Uh, all the Cowboys, you know, basically the entire team working on the cadence. Uh, the Dallas Morning News is Michael Gelkin tweeted that poor snap exchanges led to this exercise. Roy, I don't think any of us are panicked. Um, and center, uh, at least a center, has been an issue for the Cowboys so far this preseason. Um, are you a little worried? Are you, are you a little just kind of uncomfortable? Um, where are you at with this? 
Well, there, I wouldn't say anything from the episode made me more uncomfortable from it. Like they'll adjust their cadences and they'll adjust their snap counts. And some of them, you know, will have to go back to being silent counts. I'm sure they're working on that this season, which they didn't really have to work on at all last year. But with fans back in the stands, that's going to be something to keep an eye on with centers as they're maneuvering that position. But I wouldn't be concerned about it based on this episode. I mean, I would have some concerns about it based on what we saw on Friday night, but we're not talking about Friday night. So based on this episode, would not be concerned about anything that you saw in that regard, you know, verbiage or otherwise. That's something that they adjust kind of throughout the season. Meg, we kind of talked about this last week, um, but this was kind of the first time we've maybe ever really seen Kellen Moore in an instructional environment when he was like, he had a PowerPoint and everything. It was a little, I don't know. It's a little awkward. Like it's still, we talked about it last week. It's kind of hard to get used to. Consider it goobery. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, it was- he just remains Kellen Moore. He is who he is. Um, it was a little more interesting to see him be more instructional this time. Um, we're peeling back some onion layers, like slowly but surely with him. Mm. Yeah. And like an offense, like any ogre is an onion. Uh, Tom. Uh, so, um, I want to ask a question. Last you you weren't here last week, Tom. Uh, no big deal. Tom was burning the midnight oil writing for bloggingtheboys.com. He is truly our MVP in every capacity. Uh, so I have some different questions for tonight. Last week we did like winners and losers and all these lame things because I wasn't feeling too creative. But tonight, Tom, I ask you, and Meg, you're up next. Roy, you're, uh, you're batting third here. Uh, Tom, what did, have you learned or what did you learn about the Cowboys that you did not know in this episode? Gosh. Uh yeah, I know. It's an intense uh, question. I, I, it to me. I, I learned, to me, it's about the backstories. And also, by the way, Tom, if you're watching live with us, let us know something you learned uh, in the episode that you did not know about the Cowboys. But, Tom, the backstories, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I, I loved Azura Kamara's backstory. That was really great to get into. And um, I just I just enjoy the entire time they take to look into who these people are outside of a football uniform. You know, we have this view of these guys as as almost other than human uh and they you know this is just like great to see that you know okay i had no idea that that danucci played chess okay that's nice to know even (laughs) if i don't really expect that i'm going to see that much of him in the in a cowboys uniform anymore but it's still great to see that and it's just a reminder that you know we just had the the five players cut today to get down to 85 for the Cowboys. These are human beings. These are people with families and lives and dreams. And uh, it's interesting that I don't think any of the people that got cut got any time at all in hard knocks previously. So I'm wondering uh, if they've got something coming up for the next episode where they're going to start off with the five cuts. Yeah, Um, I incorrectly anticipated that we would get footage of the players being cut today. Now, there were only three cuts um, that the Cowboys had, only two true cuts. Um, You know, Anthony Hines was a wave injury designation, so you could still wind up on injured reserve for them. Um, But so I thought we were going to get that because that's just kind of the traditional hard knocks formula. But we are in a... I don't say like unprecedented sounds way too, you know, big for what I mean. But like, there's only three preseason games. There's the buy after. Uh, this is new. The kind of continual cuts as we move along. So maybe they're kind of figuring out a new formula as we go along. Meg, Roy, I, I went through that explanation to buy you each time because I felt bad for Tom that I sprung this intense Very question kind. on him. Uh, <laughs> but Meg, you cannot say 
um, that you learned that Lyle Collins teases Dak about not going to LSU, as I am Jacques said. But what did you learn that you didn't know? I actually did know that, but I loved seeing it. <laughs> um, however, I would say probably, is it dirty or dirty? I heard it like a million different ways today. Um, but just getting to see him, first of all, didn't know his accent was so great. What's up? John um, McGrace agrees with you, by the way. Thank you. Um, but like, you would think that you would highlight, you know, like Dan Quinn, like someone coming in like that, but just like have him be the focal point of the defense today was um, really interesting. And just to see how he interacts with the players and how he like works through like adversity with them and stuff like that. That was, I mean, he was really interesting to me and I'd love to see more of him in the future because who doesn't like that accent? Roy That's true. Uh, yes. I mean, that type of accent, like you as a kid, I just wish I had it. So, right? Like, it doesn't, it sounds so, everything you say, every, yeah, I mean, everything, like, I'm not going to pretend I haven't done that in the mirror before on my own because you I absolutely like have. You're from London. Because doesn't it just like, it also just a Paul Rudd character brings yes. a smile. <laughs> Brings a smile to everyone's face and you could say anything right and have it be taken both seriously and in a tone where it's like not uh, pissing people off, you know, making people upset. So that was awesome. Right. Learning about him was incredible. And then I guess I would say one thing I didn't know, you know, when they were breaking down the defense and getting hyped before the game. I didn't know that Donovan Wilson would be in the middle of all that. Did that surprise anybody else? Like of all the people I thought that might take that lead or take that step or that role. Donovan Wilson was not one of the first 10 (laughs) that I would have come up with. Yeah. It it, it didn't surprise either of these fighting Texas Aggies and myself and Tom, but Tom, you, you clearly are going to go back for your guy. Yeah. Well, I, no, I was just going to say that that was one of the things that I picked up on in my write-up that, you know, it was nice to see him come out because I've heard that he is more of a leader on the field than people realize. And it's great to see that, that he's, you know, stepping up, Uh, you know, you have the guys that are the quiet leaders that aren't the rah-rah types, but it also helps to have those guys that will get out there and kind of provide a little emotional jazz uh, for the people that are, that are on the team. So yeah, uh, maybe that's an emerging story for the season is Donovan Wilson's role as a leader, not just on the field, but also off the field and in the locker room. Cause you know, you can never have too many leaders on a football team as long as they're all working in the same direction. Yeah. Um, all of you had great answers. Uh, but if I'm grading, I think Roy wins. So I'm sorry. Um, nobody asked me for anything I learned, which was very selfish of all of you. Um, <laughs> I, I would say that Jerry is a bit of a historian. Jerry referenced Winston Churchill. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> who would have ever thought that that would have happened? Um, yeah. You know, he, he references a lot of things. So we're going to go in reverse order here. So Roy, you're first. Uh, what is one thing on the opposite side of the spectrum, one one prior you had about the Cowboys that, that you kind of got, you know, reassurance of, that you got evidence of, something you thought about this team that, that was you, you received further conviction of through episode two? I mean, I guess I would say that, you know, I, I received further conviction that the defense is getting better, although nothing really from a highlight standpoint made me feel that way. It's just that I feel like they not show the Maurice Kennedy interception. I'm Matthew Stafford. I mean the, well, again, like things happened and then they were probably late to turn the camera to it. Like, I don't know why they couldn't have gotten the practice tape 
from the Cowboys and plug that in. But that's beside the point, right? What they gave us is what they gave us. Um, yeah, I, I guess I just I do feel good about the communication that like Dan Quinn is responsible for. Um, I feel good about the communication that that Dirde is is like delivering. Right, it's a message that I think is is going to continue to like get results in that regard. And a lot of these guys on the defensive side, I mean, practically all of them are turnovers. So there is a lot to learn from them. And all we can really do right now, right? It's hard to dig and dive too deep into results, but we can look at process. And from a process standpoint, it's hard not to see optimism on the defensive side of the ball. So I, mm. I've confirmed in that in that theory that I thought they got better on the defensive side of the ball, and I think the you know the defensive messaging is going to re- is reflecting that. That's a good answer. Well done. Um, certainly, you know, as I surprised with that question, Zach T says CD is an absolute beast. So fun to watch. I agree, but I also agree with I am Jacques here in terms of things that were reinforced in this episode. I feel more confident that CD is going to get overdrafted in fantasy. Every football fan already knows who CD Lamb is. This only makes them feel like. We talked about Ben DiNucci and kind of how the show hypes him up and stuff. There will be some average football fans that when the Cowboys' final roster cuts come out and he's cut, they're going to be like, what? He looks so good on hard knocks. You know what I mean? Like, that's what happens. Uh, And so the opposite of that is happening with CD. Meg, what is your conviction that you feel stronger? Well, it was going to be CD Land is the real deal. Yeah. You need a new one. Different one. Sorry. That one's already been taken. That's rude. (laughs) <laughs> I think you could go with that. Like, thunder. It wasn't because like, all that he all that he mentioned was. I know was, you didn't take it, Tom. I'm talking about the commenters, which I agree with them. I am Jacques and uh, Zach T. To be clear, Meg is targeting you. John LaGrace adds, CD is also a great dog dad. Every person in the world empathized with him when he said, "I miss them." Like he said it with such pain in his voice. He was so pumped to see his pups. And like, how Dallas of him to have a golden doodle. Like, I love that journey for him. I suppose. Um, but that's a fair answer. Um, CD also, I, I mean, I'm somebody who loves to look at the uniforms and, you know, accessories and things like that. CD goes with the rare one leg sleeve. That's it's hard to pull off. You got to well, be sick. The swag and that thing. Just goes off, that goes off of the swag factor they were talking about with uh, poor old Ben DiNucci at the beginning wearing an ankle bracelet. <laughs> Yeah. That was tough. Um, man, by the way, has Ben DiNucci ever had more proponents for him than when Azur hit him during practice? And everybody's like, whoa, you know, don't <laughs> hit the quarterback. You know, like, in that moment, everybody in the universe was team Ben DiNucci. I, yeah, good for him. <laughs> I hope yeah, he no, enjoys I've... his time in the sun. Oh, by the way, I am Jacques with a great point. This was near the end of the episode. Dak Prescott was seen with his birthday present from Ezekiel Elliott, the luggage that he was rolling in the stadium. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom, give us your thing that you uh, established more confidence in as a result of this episode. Micah Parsons is going to just be a force on the field. That's what Jay uh, Manzari 1 says. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. And just, <laughs> I mean, he he is going to be – I think the star defensively because he's going to be out there. He's not caught up in the all the muck and flow on the defensive line, and he's going to be making some plays. And it just that just brought it in. You know, we've barely seen him in preseason, and yet he's an impact play after impact play. So 
yeah, that to me was just a great little reassurance that uh, this first round draft pick is probably going to work out. And I admit I was one of the people that was going like a linebacker. Well, but now I'm like, oh, a linebacker. He's also so did, a great color commentator for the offense. <laughs> did yeah. he cause that fumble though? I think he honest? held. I think he held him up. Like I think yeah. he contributed. I. I mean. Whatever percent you like, you want to divvy out. It's not zero. His contribution. Okay, we had okay. He had a good stop on it anyway. I mean, the play was was stopped, and then Neil just came in and said, "Ha ha, taking the ball away from you." Yeah, Uh, I thought the first now plays for the San Francisco 49ers. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) I thought the first half of the episode, Micah was kind of looking like a loser because again, like the Danucci fail on your own chessboard on your own turf, like that was bad. Um, but as the episode went on and then you get into the game, right? And anytime you get into the game and you're following Michael Parsons, you're inevitably, you're inevitably going to get an argument with a coach over the playing time that he's not getting, which has been really <laughs> funny because again, coach, remember what you told me, coach, be honest about what you told me, coach. Try to remember what you told me, coach. That's not um, what you told me, coach. That was Roy, really funny. You, you sound like DeMonte KZ. That was a great moment, too, to see. I saw uh, Bill Yuma, our friend, uh, had that comment here on the stream, too. DeMonte trolling, you know, Mike over this. Like, I kind of like that. I kind of like that he's known for, you know, wanting to go all out. And I, I don't, I mean, it was trolling. It wasn't, like, legitimately making fun. But, like, I like sure. that from Mike. No, I mean, it was really like, again, that's why I think he bounced back in the latter part of the episode, right? You get him around the game, and that's the football side, as Tom mentioned. Like, he will make you feel good about what he gives you from that perspective. Mm. Uh, once again, nobody asked me for my opinion on this subject. Uh, well, I thought that- <laughs> you agreed about the CD opinion. You kind of took it from Meg. What was your opinion? Yeah. Well, the, the thing that I like doubled down more mostly on was that sunflower seeds are the meal of choice during a football game, right? Like Zeke was going to town on the sunflower seeds. Like that's your classic, you know, by the way, I saw a comment a little while ago about Doug Nussmeyer and his voice, Doug Nussmeyer in the quarterback room that we saw him and Ben DiNucci had a big, not pack of sunflower seeds going on too. Uh, so, <laughs> so like that was a, an Why your eyes look at this way, RJ, there's nothing that your eyes are going to find for you this way. That's going to help uh, you. Okay. I mean, so it quit is doing it. It is what it is, but I, my, I actually, the, the sunflower seed consumption was so quick that I, that can't have been the only bag that Zeke had throughout the game, especially with how generous he was. You know what I mean? Like that, there had to have been multiple bags uh, is my point. Now, did you guys enjoy the bit where CD, cause I thought they were talking about hot dogs at halftime and the hot dogs they were going to eat. But what it seemed like Dak and Zeke were doing was making a thought bubble above the coaches on the sidelines <laughs> who they were intimating were going to enjoy hot dogs at halftime. Did you guys see that same part the way that yeah. I did? I heard hot dog too. Um, so right. you're kind of breaking news to me. Uh, re- recap the scene one more time. Right, Lay it out a little bit for us. Okay, so Dak is like talking about, oh, I'm going to get a hot dog at halftime. I'm going to get a hot dog. And they start the clip as if he is saying it himself. But then they kind of pan out to Zeke, and Zeke is – 
fanning his fingers over either a coach or a personnel man, someone with the Cowboys, right? Someone just with a badge. And he's going, oh, I can't wait to have all those hot dogs at halftime. <laughs> oh, it's definitely a clip you should rewatch because maybe I saw it incorrectly, right? Maybe I saw it and Dak was really talking about all the hot dogs he was going to eat because the Hard Knocks voiceover guy even – mentioned it as like some players are thinking about how they're going to fill their bellies at halftime. Um, um, tell me if I'm wrong on that, right? I think I blue bleed 365 <laughs> at least saw it that way using their bald head as a crystal ball of what's coming in the future. Um, Roy, you inspired a, a new question for me. So you are back in contention for MVP of this episode. Um, and we're going to go, we're going to circle it back around. So Tom, you're up first here. What, when you rewatch this episode, or rather, what will you rewatch this episode to see? What is the sequence that you will rewatch this episode specifically to watch? I, I want to go through the snap count thing again because you know when you're trying to write up something. Oh, you mean the cadence thing? Is that what yeah, you're talking about? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, when when you're trying to write up something. Tom was writing for us at bloggingtheboys.com. For anyone who's unaware, he is Roy's the MVP, but Tom is is the foundation upon which we are all built. <laughs> Uh, but the, you know, you can't really pay as much attention to the details sometimes because you're trying to capture something so that you can get this thing pushed out. Uh, because you know, we try to go live with our recaps as quickly as we can for people that are looking for, for, for the stuff on the site. And yeah, I want to go back and kind of get a little bit more of what was going on with the whole cadence thing. Cause it was, it was like the vasectomy conversation, the previous week, I didn't really get the details the first time through. And actually, last week, I was a little bit puzzled. This time, at least, I wasn't sitting there scratching my head going, what? <laughs> um, DJ Dog 31 asks, who is the player with his son by the blocking slide? I believe that was Carlos Watkins. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but I believe maybe that's, you know, DJ Dog 31, the thing you're most excited to rewatch the episode to confirm. But I believe it was Carlos Watkins. Um, Meg, when you fire it up, you know, you take a break from the Mayor of Easttown finale to rewatch Hard Knocks. You're doing it for what specific reason? Um, I would like to learn the words to Basham's rap. Ooh, also Demarcus Lawrence's in the huddle. He had a little flow going on too. How have two people rapped on this and thing? Not and Kelvin. Exactly. How is that? But okay, describe Basham's rap for us because I know we had some people jump in late who um, who didn't see the whole episode. I mean, he was just kind of like getting all hyped up for the like scrimmage with his boys, and he. This is this is why like I'm saying showing him was a tease. Because we were getting a lot from him. Like he was, we were getting his like real personality and he was giving us a little rap there. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't, you know, going to be on bars. Any records anytime soon. But yeah, he was like, he gave us a couple bars. He was basically doing Dr. Seuss. Yeah. <laughs> Tom. He, he hit us with like four rhymes, Sam, Tom. Like, yeah, he was doing all that. <laughs> well, cause it's because he chose to rhyme with Rams. So like yeah. that like there's not there's nothing cool you can say that's gonna you know because I think the word he rounded was bam you know what I mean so the it was problem is that he didn't do basham on there oh kind of waiting for that one mm. <laughs> the fact that he didn't you you could brand well, it right but that's you'd be like thing. DJ Khaled I don't know if I missed it I have to go back and find out. <laughs> um wow I. I'm so much more disappointed than than I already was that he missed that. But to be fair, he, it's pronounced Basham, so it's it not is. you know like 
And I, because I think if he would have said it, everybody would be like, "What?" You know, like I would have been like, "That's not your name." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it would no, be like, that's the. It would be like the a, word smithery. That's like very Eminem ish, you know. No, nah, like but Roy, you, you can't like word. you can't like rhyme. You, you your first name is Wah. You know what I mean? Like you can't do that. It's Roy. That's how your name is. <laughs> I mean, Wah is pushing it, but Basham and Basham, like I think yeah. you can, I can think you can stretch that enough in the hip hop mm-hmm. world. Different emphasis on a different syllable. Like we can figure this out. That's good. Meg nailed That's it. also good. Uh Again. by the way, Bill Yuma confirmed it was Carlos Watkins. Um he's wearing an ID. That's was was my you know uh, dot that I connected. So Otis oh, Hudson oh, oh, Otis Hudson, Brad yeah. Sham. Yeah. How is this yes! not a thing? <laughs> yes. Um Wow. We were uh, robbed. We were robbed. We really were. But again, Demarcus Lawrence also had a flow that, you know, it's just, but seriously, like Kelvin Joseph is, you know, he's not a loser, but like stock down Kelvin Joseph. How have we not heard you rap at this point, especially yeah. when Dan Quinn talked about it? And especially well, how have we, we also had, had the Go rookie ahead, show. Like, how have we not had a rookie show of any kind? Is that coming next week after they've made now two sets of cuts? It seems like they missed that. So to Roy's point, in case anyone's unaware, the Cowboys had to trim from 90 to 85 players today on Tuesday, August 17th. Next Tuesday, August 24th, they will have to cut five more to get down to 80. Um, It's Meg's birthday. Uh, So they will have 80 players. I don't know if we'll see any of this, uh, but man, that is a a huge miss. Um, Yeah, but we got to go back. We got to learn the lyrics and we got to improve them. Maybe certainly as a birthday present to you, Mick. Uh, Roy, what is when you go back and rewatch, what are you going to go looking for, hunting for specifically? I mean, uh, probably, you know, one of the things that like we didn't really talk about because, you know, it gets so much play, right? And we always talk about quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. But the thing that I look at with Dak Prescott and someone tweeted back to me about it, uh, Patrick Walker. Uh, who writes for uh, a, a terrific um, network. He, he does some great stuff. And he kind of tweeted back at me about Dak Prescott's lower half. Because whenever you watch Dak throw now, his base, his like footwork is always pristine. It's always balanced. Like He's always throwing from a position of strength. And so when I look back at that, I know it's just like a couple of clips, but those – types of clips are what makes me so encouraged and makes me think that like here at this point, and I was on the train of seeing like Dak in the preseason, like want to see him out there at least once or twice. You know what? I don't, I don't need to see it anymore. I don't care. As long as he's able to throw in practice, right. I feel great about Dak Prescott's prospects for 2021. And again, like when I watch back, you look at his lower half, it is just, I mean, the man is a horse. He is just a stallion with the way that he moves his feet and the balance that he has. Yeah, just trying to get some intercuts of Dak, Danucci. Dak. Yeah, like I'm watching his hips, right? The <laughs> hips don't lie. And yeah. those hips are moving, baby. I mean, they yeah. are, they're giving me everything I want and then some. Um, <laughs> you know, everybody remembers Shakira for that, but the phrase cover of that song is so much better than Shakira's. Just if anybody wants to, to listen to a good version of that song, you know, the fray, the fray cover. covered hips. Yeah, they covered hips don't lie. They also covered um, Heartless by Kanye. Um, thank you to uh, my supporter there in the background. But um, yeah, so those are those are two great fray covers that I feel like 
don't get enough play. So just look look it up. YouTube it later on. I mean, so after you're done, subscribe to the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel, of course. Um, just get- so we're clear, I'm shaking my head at that. That's erroneous. But fine. I mean, look. Listen to it. That's all I'm saying. The phrase cover of Hips Don't Lie is incredible. Okay, it might be good, but to say that is better than Shakira. It is. I mean, like, if you're doing a Zumba class, you want Shakira's version. But if you're Shakira's on a road trip. version is not that good. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> it's not that great. Um, wow. Anyway, um, the thing I'm that I'm going to rewatch, nobody asked. Uh, but, Tom, you mentioned the cadence thing. I want to go back and look at the whiteboard. I want to see the things that are on Kellen Moore's uh, in his presentation because he had like six bullet points. So I want to understand them um, exactly. Ooh, what Kellen that's Moore's... getting freeze framed by opponents. That's, I mean, that's trouble. Yeah, I mean, that's all I'm saying. I I want to understand what it is. I won't tell anybody, uh, but uh, I just oh. I want to look. You know. Oh, but that's 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 our tradition at blogging the boys. Take a freeze frame and build something out. That's, of it. Very true, Tom. Uh, shout out to the 2016 Dallas Cowboys draft board. Uh, but um, and that was phenomenal uh, work. Like people should go back if you want to go rewatch something. Go take a look at go look at the detective work that took place at Blogging the Boys, anchored by these two guys, RJ and Tom, and the piecing together they did. These guys were like investigators that go to someone's trash, who's shredded their materials, right? Who's put them through a shredder. And they pieced all the pieces back together, taped them all up, and we're like, here's the entire Cowboys draft board of 2016 and where they have all the players ranked. And we didn't, do it just, we didn't do it just once. Uh, <laughs> I know. Well, it's happened yeah. multiple times now. <laughs> um, 2016 was the year the Cowboys drafted Zeke, obviously. Uh, it was the year the Cowboys drafted Jalen Smith, who we have not really seen. And so that is my final question as we kind of circle around the bend. Roy, we start with you. I'll start with me, actually. The thing I'm surprised that we haven't seen through two episodes is Jalen Smith. And that's not to pick on him like, you know, a lot of people tend to do. I really am surprised. I mean, I really thought that we would see something about him, but he's just been in the episode sparingly. Um, I don't know what, what that's come down to, what the decision-making is behind that process, but I am genuinely surprised by that. So, Roy, what are you surprised? Now, there were two episodes in, because last week we talked about it. You had to get through all this stuff. You had to talk about the Dak injury. You had to show the state of the Cowboys press or whatever. We are two full hours into this car ride. What are you shocked that you have not seen yet? If you're watching along with us, let us know what you are surprised by. Man, you had a great one because Jalen now not being featured for two episodes is shocking, right? I thought we would have had a whole segment on his transition to the number nine jersey alone. But um, if I had to say there was a part that I'm shocked that they haven't gone to, and I think it's because there's some kind of agreement. Like the offensive line group likes to lay low. They've always been about do your business, don't talk your business. But I always feel like in most hard knocks, one of those types of guys is highlighted as the quirky, funny, weird offensive lineman. And I'm shocked that they haven't found that individual guy from a long perspective, right? Obviously, um, Alecon, am I saying that right? He's been like very entertaining in his extremely small doses, right? Essentially one-liners, if we're looking at the comedy aspect of it. And the funniest moment of either episode took place, as Meg said earlier, between Lyle Collins and Dak Prescott at the very end of the episode during the credits when Lyle's giving him crap 
about not going to LSU and only beating them once while he was at Mississippi State and cried about it. Like I was laughing out loud watching that, and yet we haven't seen one offensive lineman really featured. And usually those are the guys that are like the funniest, the most, you know, I don't want to say like the most intelligent. That's kind of stereotypical to say, but they are usually extremely thoughtful. That's false. Well, uh, go ahead, Meg. Well, I was going to say, you do make a good point in that, like, if, if you're talking about the O-line and you're, and you're uh, showing Dak and Zeke together, like, add those, like, the three standout O-line guys into Dak and Zeke. Those are the guys that hang out all the time. They're always pranking each other. They're all doing it together. So yeah. I'm kind of, I am surprised, too, that they're not showing that. I like this comp. I am Jacques says Alarcon is like Creed from The Office. Like the occasional, you know, just sprinkle it in, uh, one-liner. Um, Jay Manzari kind of comparing Jalen to Toby says uh, that he was in the episode. He was leading Keanu to the end zone like normal. Someone else's play is his celebration. Um, so, yeah, that is uh, kind of par for the course. Um, Eric did say, I didn't know that they did yoga, but I love it. says, Loves the show. Appreciate it, Eric. Um, they have done that several times. I actually believe this yoga instructor was pregnant, too. So that was kind of a super impressive uh, act of, of physical achievement. You know, I uh, certainly make. Um, what are you Our surprised by? Our new women by? can do things, too, RJ. I'm, I, I'm just saying that would be difficult to do. Like, I can't, I've tried yoga. It's difficult. And so, and, and I'm this awkward shape. So Right. There's specifically prenatal yoga, but we won't go into that. Um as a humongous fan of this person, I am upset I haven't seen enough of him yet. He was in like one scene. We got Des. In the we got him in this episode. We did get Des. We did get Des. However, I'm talking about Randy Gregory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if we're talking about a story, and I know I will harp on this forever because I watched him at Nebraska. I'm a Nebraska fan. Thank you, DJ Dog. That's my guy. Um, yes. So <laughs> as someone who, I'm sorry, but as someone who like followed him at Nebraska, I'm just like super invested in him. And like, um, just like he has such a good, interesting story and I, he's a quiet guy, but he's also not like, he's very, he has very loyal relationships on this team. So I'm kind of surprised that we haven't got to see any of that. Mm. You could yeah, argue I, he's I, the I, second most important person on defense. Like I think. I mean, he got a mm. got a sack to, <laughs> at this. Dig the sack. Um, I this would be a sack. I get where you're coming from, Meg, and I get where DJ Dog Thirty One is coming from. But I, he is so quiet and so reserved. I could see him. I, I certainly can understand the, you know, the filmmakers in this case being like, "Hey, let's tell this story," and he'd be like, "I'm good." You know, I, I just, you know, I could totally see that. I'm sure you can. I too. certainly could, but I kind of wish that he would just let us in. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, that's well said. Uh, Tom, what what are you stunned by? What what has your mouth agape that you haven't seen through two episodes? There were other people hurt this past week. <laughs> and they I just like that. You were so left offended. Like, oh, really? We had five people injured in the Arizona Cardinal game, and you guys just glossed right over that? I just I couldn't believe that just didn't come up. I mean, why, why are they not discussing some of that? That's that's to me one of the most dramatic parts of camp and preseason is the the injuries that you so hate to see. And you know, they talked about Dak, they talked about Basham. Everybody else just like, okay, guys, you're on your own. Go to the camp. Forget you. Tom, you're right. Neville Gallimore, not a peep. 
uh, uh, Ty Inseki, not a peep. Malik Turner, not a peep. Sean McEwen, not a peep. Like all these players have these serious injuries that the Cowboys are now having to work through. You would think that they would have at least shown something, you know, a player walking out on crutches or like something like that to kind of set up next week's episode. You know what I'm saying? Like, or the guys on PUP, you know, you got Tristan Hill, Amari Cooper, all these guys that came. Yeah, we didn't even get to see Amari or, or Tank coming off of Pup. You know what I mean? Yeah. What, what <laughs> we is saw Amari catch the pass from Dak, if but yeah. I was busy watching the hips, but I saw yeah, but Amari. That, that may, now I will admit that that may be part of the next episode because we actually saw Amari and Tank coming back to practice after the Cardinals game. But you know, there's a lot of big story, but Maybe I'm looking at it too much from the football perspective and not enough from the dramatic uh, entertainment viewpoint for a nationwide audience that we've got with Hard Knocks. Nationwide is a brand, Tom. We don't do any free ads here, so be careful okay, with that. Okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> but, um, hey, I've got a new NIL deal, so. <laughs> uh, I, I know I already answered, and I know that they did show this last week, but – like we all, we've talked a lot about how this is a show and that that's how NFL films and HBO put it together. And so they play the hits. Like we, we know that they do that. So I am genuinely surprised. We did not get more mojo moments. I really thought that was going to be like a really prevalent theme throughout the entire season. Was that a hit? Oh dude, it was a hit. I mean, the audacity of you to ask if it was a hit. I mean, it, it, it was a huge hit. It was all everybody was talking about all this week. It's been mojo moments, mojo moments. Like, you know, how is how like how did they not get a one on one with Mike Myers? You know what I mean to talk about this by now. I mean it's been a week. God, that is yeah. true. <laughs> I, I would be shocked if Hard Knocks didn't set him up to like come out to camp dressed up in you, full Austin Powers garb and I don't just want it, I need it. Do you remember uh, in 2017 when the Cowboys played the Jaguars and Conor McGregor was there and every Cowboy was doing the walk? Do you remember that? You know, Dak was doing it, Byron Jones was doing it. They were all doing it. I mean, I could totally see Mike McCarthy like freaking out. Like Mike Myers shows up to a Cowboys game. He's on the field pregame. He's dressed like Austin Powers. I could see, you know, like, and then, and then, you know, like the meme becomes like Randy. And we talk about Randy Gregory. Like this, the, it writes itself. Like, how are we not doing this? I mean, it does write itself until they flip over to CeeDee Lamb and the kid was born after the movie was released. And he's totally dumbfounded by what he's seeing because he has no idea what's going on. I don't know if that's accurate. Um, that is accurate. CD when, do you think, was, when do you think the first Austin Powers came out? 97? Give me a month and a date because you got the year right. I'm curious. At this okay. Uh, <laughs> was, it two, was it 97? Give me uh, April. It, you're a month summer. off. It was, it was May. Blockbuster. It was the summer, summer blockbuster. blockbuster. Yeah, May 2nd, 1997. Now, to be fair, CD's birthday. Like, Amari April- Cooper was almost born after this movie, if you think <laughs> about it. Like, if you want to get real. That's to, to, be, the- to be fair, Roy, you're talking, you're referencing Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery. But, oh, uh, I don't I don't like the technicality that you're going C- on here, sir. That C- I don't appreciate CD that. Lamb was As if they would have in- caught on to the sequel... When it was, CD, don't. CD Lamb was born April eighth, nineteen ninety nine, and two months and three days later, Austin Powers, the Spy Who Shagged Me, was released. So I mean, yes, tomato, you tomato. That's the one with Beyonce exists. Okay. Uh, that's the kind of stats Beyonce. you're gonna get from RJ. That that's why you need to follow this man on Twitter. If you're not following him, 
you're missing out on stats like that. Right. And did the um, Cowboys win the Super Bowl that year, RJ? They did not. They have never won the Super Bowl in an Austin Powers led world. But I am wearing Don't a Man United. I'm wearing, check this out. I, I was really proud of this one. I'm wearing a Man United kit. Uh, Roy, before we jumped on here, you were talking about Paul Pogba. Bruno Fernandes, the talisman for Man United, had a hat trick last week on opening day. The last time. Not, that, not any cheap goals, not any right. penalty kicks that he gets. The last the time. time that a Man United player had a hat trick on the opening day of league play, the Dallas Cowboys won the Super Bowl. <laughs> just, I'm just saying, like, that's a fact. <laughs> I mean, nice. Mike drop. Yeah. Yep. So, um, okay. Last Lock question on this. Uh, give us uh, your final thoughts on Hard Knocks in four words. Tom, you go first. Four words. Okay. You, I love how you hit me with all the ones that take time and thought and say, <laughs> jump into it. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you uh, make you it sound to- great. <laughs> make it sound great. Four words. That was easy. Now it's Real your turn. good. Want more. Ooh, that's a great like Roy was talking about like summer blockbusters. That's a great tagline for a blockbuster, Tom. You could work in Hollywood. Uh, you know, you, you're already properly dressed. Uh, Meg, four words. Can Kelvin rap or not? That's five words. Whatever. <laughs> or not is one word. Um, I think actually I'm gonna amend yours. Make let boss man fat rap. Yes, that's actually great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, R Dub three. What you got? I'm about the smells. <laughs> yes. Like, if he doesn't have a candle out ready to go and it's not CD's nuts, because if Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> can do it, he can certainly do it. If he doesn't have a candle out by this next week, then the amount of branding mistakes that are being made throughout the first two episodes, right? I expected Jerry to have an entire six pack of Miller lights on one side, right. And have a whole fridge of Dasani water in the background on the other, right. The amount of, you know, advertising that one entity got as they just sat a sandwich on his desk, right. This is a businessman. This is a billionaire. Why is he not thinking about this stuff? And so CD, like get the man some candles, Smell them the way it needs to smell, okay? Get the scent if you need to get down there with some baby powder or whatever. And by the way, RJ, I'm I'm shocked you didn't mention the fact that they continued the theme of eroticism right out of the gate from episode one. I mean, we went from vast deference um, to to the baby powder scene. I mean, so, I mean, hey, you know, it is HBO and it is late at night, uh, to to be totally clear here. But... um, that's a good one, I suppose. Uh, I'm about the smells. I will say on the candle thing, um, I don't need a, a CD line uh, or like a CD candle line. Here's what we need. And this is the more predictable thing. CD scores a touchdown. He grabs the ball vertically and lights it like a candle. That's the new thing for me. See, okay. and then someone's going to make that a yeah. weed reference. Yeah. Okay, but still, like they're not a I devoted like where fan. You're going with this, but you if know, Taco can do the taco thing, the CD day. can do the candle thing. You know, it's all you know. I'm, I'm I don't just, trust the media in, in that regard. Um, you know, fine. I like uh, where your heads at, though. Yeah, I'm just saying, like that. There's a celebration that we're building here. Um, do I have to do the four words thing? I feel like I don't have to do the. Yeah, four you words. do you have yeah, to. You do. have to. Mm. You you got all this time. <laughs> um, Please tell us. I, um, 
Micah Parsons is good. That's, I mean, like that's the, the that's the most important takeaway. Like this is all fun and candles and baby powder <laughs> and uh, Tom's outrage that hurt players aren't getting enough shine. But the most important thing, the Cowboys had a top ten pick, which was an is an incredible commodity and an incredible resource, and we were all worried that they had pissed it away, like you know, an opponent facing Demarcus Lawrence. And so, I mean. The fact that Michael Parsons is really good, not that we didn't know that, but that we're we're seeing it. I mean, he really exemplifies what I want in a first-round pick. Like his attitude, his disposition, the way he carries himself, the way he's narrating CDs, scoring touchdowns, like everything about Michael Parsons checks the box for me. This whole season is the rookie's gambit. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, well, it'd be I nice like to the- see some of the other rookies. I had another TV reference that I didn't want to say. Um, I know we we said that Isaac was kind of like Creed from The Office. Sticking with the candle theme, that does kind of make CD like Jane Levinson. I'm not pumped about that, but, you know, it is what it is. That was a successful business. Look at the size of the TV she purchased. (laughs) She didn't buy that. Uh, That's right. That was all Michael Scott. (laughs) Yeah. um, So, you know, Michael McCarthy. I'm assuming his first name's Michael. I don't totally know that for sure. Um, but I think Michael McCarthy has has had a good couple episodes too. I think he's come across endearing. Um, so good for him. But we need more mojo moments. That's what I'm saying. Let's get that back. Yeah, Cue I mean, the Austin oh, soundtrack. DJ Dog 31. Uh, if anybody else has more for we actually do have some four words. Uh, Jay Manzari 1 <clears throat> says, Brady, meet Mr. Parsons. I like that. Ooh. Um, well, Roy's focus is concerning. Yeah, Troy says does he Roy's mean my focus eyes? is concern. I don't know. Um, I know I look talking. all over the place. I'm bad. Well, at that, that, that came comment, up right after the sexual. Yeah, in, that in was that happened right after Roy. you said the word erotic. Um, <laughs> Otis Hudson Jr. kind of cheated, said not see these nuts, and then had emojis as the fourth word. So I suppose that that technically works. I think um, he might have been referencing Roy's comment, but. That might be me. Like that's uh, an easy smell to replicate, right? Like people like the smell of like roasted peanuts. I love the smell of roasted. Oh, I thought you were talking about baby powder uh, for a second. But the smell of baby powder is pleasant in its own way. Um, DJ Dog says the British coaching invasion. Kind of like that. An interesting international flavor to that with America's team. Uh, With a a cultural touchback to the sixties too. That's true, Tom. That's well done. Uh, I bleed blue three six. <laughs> I believe Blue 365 says no more mojo moments. He does not agree with you. Mm, that's Again, like we got to have the players that can produce mojo to have mojo moments. And like all the players that produce them are kind of not practicing. Mm. Uh, Otis said uh, he was talking about Roy's comment. So you were right, Nick. Um, yes. All right. Anybody have any last thoughts? Anything that if you don't say it right now, you're not going to be able to sleep for a week. Anybody go on once. Uh, oh, uh, I am Jacques says need more salt McGriddles. That's a good one too. <laughs> um, yeah, I was kind of hoping one of you would have had something to say because I kind of set that up to be. Well, you're of- so thorough, RJ. I mean, I mm. think you do a great job of covering as every aspect of the episode. Was there any part of it that we didn't touch on? That that's about as thorough as it gets. I mean, unless we're missing something. And by the way, chime in on the uh, the text line if you are interested in any part we didn't discuss, but I think we covered it as best anybody could, right? Yeah. Better than any other podcast job. out there. 
That's true. By the way, speaking of uh, today is Tuesday, you might be listening to this or rewatching this on Wednesday. Tomorrow, then on Thursday, you can hear Roy White and Tom Ryle on Riled Up. Uh, they get riled up and they'll get you riled up. Um, I believe Blue, by the way, says the bad yoga angles is four words. So um, tough scene there. Uh, also you can. Erotic. <laughs> yeah. That's subject to opinion. Uh, Meg, uh, you can hear on Girls Talking Boys on Friday with Kelsey Charles. Subscribe to the Blog of the Boys Podcast Network and leave a rating and write a review. Because if you write a review and you ask any of these cool kids a question, they will answer it. Right? You all promise that? 100%. Uh, I promise. Tom? Scout's honor. If I, if, I, if I see it, I will get back to you as best I can. Leave. Well, that was really diplomatic again, Tom. This is, you know. The campaign's already been set. You've already won. It's a um, classic soft sell from Tom. He soft sells and he over delivers. He's the hardest working man we got. I never make a promise unless I'm absolutely sure I can do it. Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? You sound like Turbo Man and Jingle All the Way. Always keep your promises if you want to keep your friends. (laughs) How do you have Um, all these promises? Uh, anyway, so that about does it uh, for us here at Blog of the Boys, episode two of Hard Knocks in the books. Go rewatch all of the cool stuff. Let us know what you think. Uh, Roy is on Twitter at rw 3 Tom on Twitter at TomRowBTB. Meg is on Twitter at Meg Murray with four R's. Get it right, not three, not five. Uh, I'm on Twitter at RJ Ochoa. Everybody have a good night. We'll see you next time. Uh, Tom, Roy, Meg, myself, we love you all.